Oh, the click's clicking somewhere. The click's clicking somewhere? Yeah, like when you press record, oh, again, like Logic that. gives you a counting and then keeps clicking through. Yeah. Exactly. So we're recording this podcast at 120 beats a minute. I wonder how many songs have been written at 120 BPM just because it's like <laughs> sequence of standard time frame. Very true. Well, should we record this podcast at a different tempo then? How? What do we do? Just speak faster? Or do we have to speak on a beat? I mean, I'll just stop the recording, change the tempo, no. play the jingle, start the recording. How much percent more podcast is that? It'll be a fresh new take on the format. Fresh new take on the format. Podcasts at 144 BPM. 20% more podcast. Right, let's do it. I'll catch you on the <laughs> other side of the jingle. <laughs> I'm Tanneling. And I'm Chris. And I like watching films. And I kind of don't. So I watch films before Chris and tell him about them in the vain hope that he might change his mind and watch films. One day. But you know this because you listened to episode two, where we covered extensively the film Chocolate. Chocolate specifically, not Chocolat. Not the film Chocolat, which is worse. Apparently. But people have seen Chocolat and not Chocolate, and that's a crying shame. So you say. However, everybody who's talked to me about this has not seen either film. Oh, that's interesting. As I was explaining it to people, I gave the same sort of explanation that chocolate, not chocolat, and they went, what's chocolat? So Hmm. maybe we just hang out in different circles. Although it's nice to have, you know, you receiving not just overwhelming, vague, positive feedback. I got that too. Oh, brilliant. I have received some film suggestions, though. Ooh. Which is new. If you have any films that you think I should watch and should tell Chris about, let me know. So, if somebody recommends a film for you to watch to talk to me, is that actually a proxy film recommendation for me? Or... Like, do you just want me to watch it because it's a good film, or do you think it would be good content for this podcast? I'll let you decide. Tell me about the films. I've had two films suggested, and a quick plot summary. One is about a ballet student that goes to a German ballet school, and after a series of brutal murders, discovers the school is at the heart of a supernatural conspiracy. Of course. And... Then there's a film about an Icelandic woman who goes around shooting a bow and arrow at some power lines. (laughs) (laughs) So if either of those tickle your fancy, we'll add them to the list. (laughs) What? What should we talk about today's film? I mean, that is the point of the podcast, so yes, eventually we should. Well, I've got a surprise for you. Oh. I've got a surprise for you, Chris, and for you listeners, because (laughs) this podcast is from films from all over the world and in various different genres. This is not just a podcast where we talk about Asian martial arts films. I mean, I'm happy to be taught a diverse (laughs) amount of films that teach me. Teach me in your ways. In some ways, this will be an interesting test of the format because we've done two Asian martial arts films. Okay, sure. So I'm slightly concerned. (laughs) Are Asian martial arts films especially good for talking about in the second person they're not second third person whatever i, I forgot i thought you were going to say secondhand cinema but got it wrong uh, yeah i should have said second you forgot the name of your own podcast i said second and then the rest of the words had left me um <laughs> <laughs> we should talk about this on second person watching cinema films <laughs> colon the podcast but so yeah today's film is a french action comedy film from 1998 it's called Taxi, and 
because I know you're going to ask. It has 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. Thank you for, for telling me that. I, I just, I love to know the aggregate the score for films. Tongue. Exactly. It just, mm. It's one of the most successful franchises in French film history. There are five films in the whole sort of franchise. Five films about yeah. a taxi. Is the taxi like Knight Rider? Or Herbie. <laughs> or somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Neither of us are the right age group for either of those references. <laughs> it's the talking car that's better. The Batmobile. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's a talking car. There must be an autonomous car that's more relevant than Herbie and, and Knight Rider. Bumblebee. Because that's a film that came out in the last couple of years. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, we digress. There's also an American remake has been made with Jimmy Kimmel and Queen Latifah. What? Which, I mean, I've seen the trailer and it looks absolutely awful. Again, I know your question. 9%. Is that the lowest you've seen something on on Rotten Tomatoes? Is that actually the lowest you've seen? Yeah. Is that the film that killed both of their respective acting careers? Because I've seen Queen Latifah in basically nothing since Hairspray. I mean, I've not seen Jimmy Kimmel in anything in a film ever. So maybe this was his first and last appearance. And oh, it just looks awful. But <laughs> so leave the, it to the, the French. The French original, 81%. And it spawned four sequels. So Bomb. it must have been good. And I think it is good. Let's crack on. I'm going to start by mentioning something musical. Mm. The first thing we hear at the start of this film is a tune that you'd probably recognise, but probably won't know where from. It's a folk tune that originated in the Eastern Mediterranean. By the 1920s, there's evidence of this tune being played in Greece, Egypt, Israel, Turkey, Morocco, Iraq, and America. The melody itself is very simple. It just goes up and down a common scale that's present in Indian and Middle Eastern music, also known as the double harmonic scale. For musical people that are listening, it's basically a harmonic minor scale, but with a major third and a flattened second. Or alternatively, it's a major scale with a flattened second and a flattened sixth. In the 40s, there was a, a Greek-American music teacher who released a jazz arrangement, which led to a recording by Harry James, the famous trumpeter. Sure. Uh, in the 60s, it took on the form we are most familiar with now, when Dick Dale, who was known as the king of the surf guitar... Why did we ever think any of that description was a good idea in humanity? <laughs> What's your name? I'm Dick Dale, king of the surf guitar. That has not stood the, the test of time. No, but he was challenged at a gig by some young fan that he couldn't play a song only using one string on his guitar. So he went away, had a think. He remembered this tune that his father and uncle played and they were Lebanese American musicians. So he took that tune, he increased the tempo and played it in a sort of surf rock and roll style, which then inspired the Beach Boys to record a version in that same style. The song's been named one of the most influential Greek songs of all time. It was performed in the closing ceremony of the 2004 Athens Olympics. It was also placed at number 89 in Q Magazine's list of the 100 greatest guitar tracks. And I bet you still have no idea what this... I'm waiting for you to say it's something like Dancing Queen by <laughs> ABBA. <laughs> and that's right, Super Trooper all this time was based on this cross-generational tune. If anyone listening already knows what this song is, let us know. Brag to your friends that you knew what this song is. Musical nerds out there. It's called Missilu. Sure. And it featured in the film Pulp Fiction. Uh, mm, oh, I should have heard of that film. I should have heard of that film. I should know that film. Well, for those of you listening, you know what Pulp Fiction is. 
and it's a really great tune. And I'm gonna to save on copyright. I'll try playing it to you so you know I, how it goes. Tanley, you are not gonna play this on a melodica to me. I'm right gonna now. play it on a melodica. Tanley, no, no, oh my god. So this is Michelin. Okay. It's that tune. I now know that that's the Pulp Fiction thing and also a cross-generational tune. <clears throat> yeah. So it's, oh, it's such a cool tune. And it's like all kind of it's guitars. Or, you know, or a melodica. Yeah, yeah. I would play. I should have clocked that was sad there. That That's my mistake. It's pretty cool. And it sets the scene really nicely. So we hear that play as we get some kind of title credits in the background. And we follow a pizza delivery scooter riding through the streets of Marseille. That's not a taxi. Wait. <laughs> the pizza scooter is from the restaurant Pizza Joe on the box on the back. Sure. And it's kind of weaving in and out of cars. He's taking corners a bit too hard and there's sparks flying as he's grinding on the tarmac. Oh, it's really cool. Little montage. The music, the scenery, it goes through like the streets to the harbour, through like some countryside. It's fast, it's cool, and it's a nice tune, and it's the perfect balance of danger, but kind of a cheeky danger. It's not genuine peril. Oh, you're a bit cheeky danger. <laughs> like, it's not. <laughs> he's obviously driving too fast and being a bit fast and loose with driving safety, but he's not actually really endangering the life of anyone. Okay, okay. So, this little montage lasts 1 minute 41 seconds, and it ends with the scooter coming to an abrupt stop next to a man with a stopwatch. Now, I empathise with this minor side character <laughs> whose job is just to stand around with a stopwatch, timing random, unimportant events. <laughs> so our Pizza Joe rider dismounts by kind of screeching to a hole and using the momentum to somersault over the handlebars and kind of land perfectly. Good lad. And he asks this stopwatch guy, Paolo, how fast was that, Paolo? And Paolo says... It was four minutes 32, a new record, and on the day you're quitting as well. Oh, of course. <laughs> oh, no. Plot there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we cut to outside the Pizza Joe restaurant, and it's surrounded by 48 pizza delivery drivers who are all applauding and cheering. And they're all from different pizza establishments as well. Which I oh, my like. God. Is this the French national pizza delivery championship going on right now or something well i like to think that there's this great sense of community among all the pizza deliverers regardless of brand affiliation <laughs> it's a bit like when i learned to drive and i discovered that at 10 30 a.m every day all the driving instructors in the surrounding area around darlington gather at this one particular mcdonald's for a morning coffee together I've never seen so many driving instructors in one place in my life. It's so strange. I guess that's kind of cute. It's kind of, it is kind of cute. I like to think this is the same sort of thing. So they're all gathered and we find out by some speech by this random old man. Maybe he's the famous Pizza Joe himself. Maybe. We don't know. We don't see him again. The legendary Pizza Joe. <laughs> he says that the guy that we've already seen, who's called Daniel. Hey, he's got a name. He's leaving the pizza scooter job tribe uh, he's leaving it behind to pursue his dream of being a taxi driver hey and he was the best pizza delivery scooter driver there has ever been and he was the perfect colleague blah 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 blah, blah. we also meet daniel's love interest lily we know she's the love interest because there's some sudden romantic piano music hey good we like to make the obvious <clears throat> yeah but they're interrupted by the old guy that announces to celebrate daniel's departure let's have a parade 
So Daniel and Lily stand on top of a big pile of boxes. And Daniel says to Lily, this is something you'll never see again. I mean, I'll believe that. Because this parade is basically at least 80 men on scooters riding past. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, there's other stuff. There's like some bikers riding the opposite direction, doing like wheelies and donuts and flips and stuff. <laughs> there's one guy riding along some shipping containers in the background doing jumps. And then at the back of the parade, as it comes around, there's just two policemen on motorbikes that pull up and ask Daniel to see his license. I don't know why, because he's the only person in this whole event that isn't riding anything. He's just stood on a box. Sir, do you have a box surfing license? <laughs> but they ask for his license and he goes, oh, yeah, I must have just left it inside. I'll just go and get it. So they go inside and then just leg it out the back door. Classic. So Daniel takes Lily back to his place. They take each other's clothes off, get into bed, but are quickly interrupted by a sort of beeping alarm. Daniel says, oh, it's 6am. I've got to go. It's for my new job. And he leaves Lily in bed there and says, I'll be back in an hour. So he arrives at this random building. And after a long wait, he's called to the counter. There's a nice little joke where he takes like a ticket to denote his number in the queue. Mm. And the number's 247. And immediately after taking that, the woman behind the counter calls the next number, which is 77. Oh, no. That's a long way away. So he finally gets to the counter. He produces these various photos and documents and forms and is presented with his taxi license. Hey, here we go. So we're we getting there. Yeah, I mean, he's made it. So he goes back home to find that Lily's gone and left him a note, which reads, it's midday. I've gone for croissants and married the baker in despair. See you later. Oh, no. Oh, he's really cute. That... I really... Lily's really good in this. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of up for that. <laughs> so he takes the cover off his white Peugeot 406 and puts the taxi roof unit on the roof. Mm -hmm. And he revs the engine whilst looking pleased with himself. <laughs> Fair enough. This is literally, his he dream. claims his dream job. Yeah. So, yeah. so he drives around a bit and he's pulled up at some traffic lights and who should turn up next to him but Paolo. And Paolo boasts that he's souped up his scooter and he's embarrassed some cops downtown and pissed them off by speeding past them and getting away from them. The cops immediately arrive behind them and like chase Paolo off again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm getting the sense that this is quite a little bit slapsticky. Yeah, a little bit. It's quite. It's lighthearted, definitely. Good, good. It's, it's fun. Yeah. Like it's not a comedy film. It's a fun film. Okay, okay, okay. I'm with you. So Daniel's waiting like by a market, trying to find his first customer, and he's really excited, like running around, like even offering just like a free ride because he's so excited to give someone a ride in his taxi. Please get in my car. Exactly. And this middle-aged woman comes over and says. Are you a taxi taxi or a nice taxi? And Daniel's definitely a nice taxi because he opens the door for her. He helps her with her shopping, asks if she's got a favourite route to where she's going. He's just really happy to be a taxi driver. It's oh, really sweet. Okay. So they arrive at her house. He helps her carry all the shopping inside and there's a lot of shopping. She explains that her son's coming to visit and she cooks all of his meals for the week for him to take back with him because he doesn't have a kitchen and he's too busy working because he works for IBM. Oh, that's a company I've not had to think about for years. <laughs> uh, and she says that her son's taking his driving test for the eighth time today. Oh, okay. Cut to a nervous looking man taking his driving test. Is he sweating profusely? He is. Excellent. <laughs> They're driving along. The examiner says, okay, we're going to take a left at the end of this street. So a left just here. Left. Turn left. And they, he drives straight on through a delicatessen. <laughs> <laughs> and... So my prediction now is that we are setting up some sort of taxi-based rivalry between 
terrible driver and Daniel. That's that's where I'm going here. Uh, no, wrong. <laughs> your first two episodes showed your skill in predicting what's going to happen in the film, but this has tripped you up. I just clearly I can't read the French as well. <laughs> you feel more comfortable with the Asian martial arts film <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> So anyway, the driving the examiner loses it and says, oh, I've never met such a moron before. What do you do for a living? Are you a circus clown or a zookeeper? And the driver then holds up his police badge. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, but fine. why are zookeepers being lumped in with clowns as being an idiot? Because, you know, you're such a clown, fine. But is zookeeper like synonymous with being stupid? I, I don't oh, it's know. Unimportant, I but... don't know. No idea. So we cut back to Daniel, who's being given a delicious looking sandwich by this woman. She says, you know, you've deserved this. You've been so kind. I'll keep your card for later when I need a taxi. So he takes his sandwich back to eat in his in his car. And just as he's taking his first bite, a very stressed looking businessman gets in the back and says he has a flight in 25 minutes. If he misses it, he's dead. But if he catches it, then he'll pay Daniel handsomely. So Daniel asks the man to put his seatbelt on opens the glove compartment to reveal a control panel, which has like buttons and switches and flashing <laughs> lights on it. He flicks a switch, which causes the car to get lifted up on like some little legs and extra bits of bodywork and fins come out. The wheels like go out a bit wider and the car goes back down again. Daniel also changes his steering wheel for like a racing steering wheel. Because apparently that makes a difference. I'm oh, sure it would. All while this is happening. The businessman is just loosening his collar and looking even more nervous and concerned. As a random aside, in oh, is it Taxi 2 or Taxi 3, this sequence of passenger getting in the taxi to show that Daniel's a really good driver is done by Sylvester Stallone in the weirdest As appearance. In he's the passenger. He's the passenger. Looking really stressed. Maybe he just likes taxis. Anyway. So Daniel sets off immediately with like a handbrake turn. He's overtaking cars, swerving between trams, stuff like that. Uh, he knocks over a police speed gun as he drives past. The policeman like radios in. There's a white taxi that's speeding really fast. The businessman says, it's okay. You don't have to take any risks for me. I don't want you to lose your license. Daniel says, oh, it's okay. I don't have a license. That's quite funny. But he does have a license. We literally just saw him wait for three hours. No, he needed to be there at 6 a.m. 6 I can't believe you're actually counting um, in front of me. He, he was there for five hours, right? Yes. And he got a taxi license. And he got a taxi license. But maybe so he doesn't have a driving license. Maybe they're different. But surely you need to have a driving license to be able to get a taxi license. One maybe would assume so. But anyway, it's still quite a funny joke that freaks the businessman out a bit. So he screeches to a halt outside the airport and says, 14 and a half minutes, you've got time to buy a paper and have a coffee. The man says thank you, gets out of the car, and immediately throws up. <laughs> so, back with Emilienne, who's the policeman that failed his driving test, is sat at his desk playing a racing game on his computer. What game is it, Dunley? Uh, F198, probably. You've made that up. I mean, it's a Formula One racing game, and they're in the year It's the film came out in 98, so it's a safe bet. Okay, I, do you know what? I'll give you that. I'll give thank you that. You. Probably is right. And he says, oh, I don't get it. I win at this game every time. Apparently, French police can just play computer games in their office. Like, he's got a full steering wheel set up and everything. And he's just in his office in the police station. Maybe they've given him all of this to try and help him with his driving. <laughs> Continued professional development. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Emilienne, how's your C- CPD going? And it's like, oh, the steering wheel really helped me get better at my game. Um, unfortunately, I still don't understand what left and right are or what a brake is. But if he's had driving lessons to the stage where he's taking his eighth test, because your instructor wouldn't put you in for a test if you kept driving into delicatessen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if your instructor's getting paid. When, when he does crash into the deli, the kind of owner of the deli comes up to the window and goes, can I get you anything? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I thought it was going to be like a a my cabbages moment where it's just like, not again, (laughs) my deli. And like all throughout the film, Emilian just keeps crashing into different delis, but it's owned by the same person. (laughs) So anyway, a colleague comes into the office to tell Emilian about a new record. He says that we clocked a taxi going at 135 miles an hour. And then he, this guy tries to tell a joke. He says, what's the difference between a comb and a boiled egg? But the guys in the office look like they absolutely hate this guy. So he just <laughs> walks out without finishing the joke. And I, and I then spent the next like 15 minutes trying to think of a punchline. For this joke. Uh, I bet you did. And I, what's the difference between a comb and a boiled egg? I've got nothing. A comb? And a boiled egg. Because you could do some kind of shell or yolk based punchline, but it's got to be something to do with a comb. How can you combine comb and. I'm stumped. As we go through this podcast, if I manage to come up with a joke. Just shout well, it the, out. The problem is as well, the problem is as well, this is. Is there something in French we're not seeing here? Because you don't need to translate the, you don't need to like translate the joke so that it makes sense to an English audience if it's never going to be finished. Okay, so if what's the difference between a comb and a boiled egg? One of them makes your hair make people say, oof. Oh, I think you're going to have to keep trying that. <laughs> but I, I mean, I see where you're going. The fact that you came up with that is a certain kind of impressive. I mean, the punchline wasn't structurally optimised. The whole thing wasn't optimised. I mean, maybe they've written this line knowing that it's a joke that can't really have a punchline. I... There is no punchline in existence. <gasps> the problem is, the question is, what's the difference between? Go on, but tell me what you're thinking. Easy. My, my thinking is the punchline is when you want to have your eggs comb over easy. The punchline's comb over easy because you have a comb over and you can have your eggs over easy. That's bad. Is that is that a thing in America? I think that's Having bad. Having your eggs over easy? I think that's bad. But the problem is... Ugh, we're talking about this too much. Uh, <laughs> the problem is we're talking about this too much. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> so anyway, another colleague comes into the office. This time it's an attractive, leggy, blonde woman called Petra. And <laughs> Emilienne responds to her entrance by going... Ah. <laughs> so funny. Maybe that's the punchline of a joke. <laughs> What's the difference between a comb and a boiled egg? Uh... It's a brilliant comedic sound, just this. Uh... <laughs> All right, Petro. Really Wagwan, what's going on? So Petro tells him that he's meant to be in a meeting with the commissioner. So he goes through to Commissioner Gibert's office, Excellent. where all of the rest of the police officers are. So Gibert tells him about the Mercedes gang, who's this group of Germans that have been robbing banks all throughout Europe, and they've now come into France, and they've announced that they're going to rob a bank in Marseille. 
he talks about how his granddad died in the trenches and he won't let the Germans invade his country again, God. stuff the Franco-German special relationship. And then he has to say, oh, sorry, Petra, I know you're German, but you're a policeman, so, it, you know, you're okay. Yeah, the classic. <laughs> By the way, Gibert is a mid-50s man with a kind of little moustache and sort of verging on the mad scientist hairdo. Oh, okay. Uh, I like he, him a whole lot more already. He's not the kind of hardline ball-busting commissioner. He's the comedic character. Mm. Uh, he's got this habit of <laughs> shouting, Alors, General! For no reason. <laughs> um, so yeah, he says, they've called in army backup. <laughs> what? <laughs> and they're going to split into teams, and each team's going to have one driver, one soldier, and one police officer. I mean, what? I'm glad you're saying, I mean, what? Because otherwise <laughs> I would be saying, I mean, like, this so film many... has escalated very quickly. So the plan is the Mercedes gang, they announce which bank they're going to rob before they rob it. So the teams in their cars will wait outside the bank. They'll wait for them to rob the bank. Then they'll follow them and then catch them. And they will strike like a deadly venom. So Gibert says, this is Operation Cobra. Cobra. <laughs> So Emilienne catches Petra on the way out to kind of chase up his pathetic excuse for asking her to dinner. Something to do with the computer program he's writing or something. It doesn't really make sense. She says, you'll have to wait until we've caught the Mercedes gang. So the teams are all in position, waiting for the gang. Now, Emilienne is sat in the passenger seat with apparently a soldier in the back. He's like bare chested, <laughs> wearing like shorts. He's there like finger on the trigger like <laughs> just ready for anything he's oh he's so <laughs> nervous and then the driver is like the most greasy man you can imagine with like <laughs> slicked back hair sunglasses leather gloves he's wearing like a string vest or something for no reason it's really <laughs> odd and emilian's <laughs> he's getting really nervous complaining that he's not had a coffee and that he wants to have a smoke and the driver goes oh no the smoke gets in my eyes i can't i can't whatever yeah sure sure <clears throat> and Emilian then says he needs the toilet so he opens the door and then the door immediately gets taken out by a van that's driving past which causes a massive pile up <laughs> just as the mercedes gang come out and drive off of course yeah so there's all these cars crashing into each other when the minister unspecified what he's the minister of but he seems important he's just the minister the minister who's driving back from the airport drives into this kind of pile up and pulls over assuming it's a shootout I don't know why cars crashing into each other, I assume, sound very different to a shootout. I'd love to tell you that, but fortunately, I've not really had either problem. I mean, in films, they sound different. <laughs> yes, I mean. So at this point. <laughs> However, just... I don't have that frame of reference. Oh, true, you've never seen a film. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, they, they go, oh, there must be a shootout. And his security immediately get out and just start shooting. <laughs> at what? <laughs> And then the police all get out of their cars and, and, start all, and all the army back. and start shooting back. Of course. The minister calls in reinforcements and within 15 seconds, there are three vans full of guys in like full tactical gear, body armor, assault rifles. And everyone's just literally shooting at each other. <laughs> but there's no fatalities or injuries, which questions the, <laughs> the training of all of these security <laughs> guards and army people. And then after a bit of this, the minister's driver realizes that they're shooting at the police. And Gibert <laughs> goes, hmm, that person we're shooting at looks a lot like the minister. 
<laughs> and we cut to another scene. <laughs> so we cut to... Is that, is that them for the rest of the film now? <laughs> we're just going to go and do everything else that happens around and then we're just going to cut to this shootout <laughs> and them going, hmm. And it's the last we see of the minister. <laughs> and thankfully the army guys and the dodgy drivers don't come back. So anyway, we're back with Emilia, who is at his mum's eating dinner. Oh, The mum that we've seen. Obviously, before. yes. She says she's proud of him for being a cop, but she only tells everyone he works for IBM so that she doesn't get all the neighbours bringing around their parking tickets for him to fix for them. Yeah. Okay. He asks her to call him a taxi to take him back, so she calls Daniel. Emilien says that he's going to police headquarters because he is computerizing them. <laughs> and, but Daniel says he'll drop him off a bit before police headquarters because he likes to avoid the police. So they're driving Suspect. along. Yeah. <laughs> so they're driving along and Emilian is kind of worried that Daniel's driving a bit fast. And Daniel says, oh, speed limits don't matter. And I know where all the speed traps are, so it's fine. So Daniel's like mouthing off about any cops that aren't morons must be drunkards, crooks or idiots. And Emilian tries to say that some of them aren't as bad as that from his work computerizing them. <laughs> <laughs> And Emilien then goes on a rant about how all taxi drivers are work shy, snitches and drunkards. And they both begrudgingly agree that the stereotypes maybe aren't always true in each case. Oh, rainbow forms. Yeah. And Daniel says, oh, well, taxi driver isn't my real job anyway. And then whilst driving at high speed, he takes the steering wheel off, puts the racing wheel on and then drives really fast going through traffic, mm. doing handbrake turns to a screeching halt outside police headquarters. At which point, Emilian throws up into the Tupperware of stew that his mum's cooked for him. Oh no! <laughs> that was a week's worth of dinner! <laughs> Daniel apologises, saying normally people don't throw up until they get out of the car. Emilian says, oh, it's okay, because this isn't my real job either, and then pulls out his police badge. Oi, oi. And Daniel says, oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the most impressions I've done in a, in a podcast so far, but it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> the way some of these lines are delivered. Anyway, they're in the police station and Emilian's kind of booking him or whatever. Oh no. So Emilian comes up with this idea. Daniel's a great driver and he knows lots about cars, right? So if he can help Emilian catch the Mercedes gang, then he'll let him off for the speeding. Classic. So they go to the records room or whatever and Daniel looks at all these photos and he says, oh, well, the tyres have been overinflated and they'll need changing soon and the exhaust has been changed recently and he knows that Kruger is the only mechanic in Marseille that can do that. Sounds like a German name to me, which seems to make sense, given... Nice. Good job. You've done more police work than all of the police. Yeah. So they drive to this mechanic's place, and they're kind of waiting for closing time, and Daniel goes off to get some sandwiches. They're eating these sandwiches, and Emilian says, oh, my mum makes the best sandwiches. And Daniel says, oh, yeah, she does. And it's the way that the ham she uses is half Italian, half Danish, the thin slices of cheese, the lettuce, the Cornish shot. Oh, it's so delicious. And Emilian just looks so heartbroken. And he just goes, but they're for me. <laughs> <laughs> He's so adorably like useless. So another taxi pulls up in front and the driver gets out and opens the boot to reveal a guy asleep in the boot. And they kind of swap over. And Daniel explains that the Korean taxi drivers manage to like operate 24 hours a day by two drivers sharing the same license and registration. And they're kind of stealing business this way and whatever. Yes, right, okay. Anyway, the Mercedes pulls up and the Germans go inside to pick up the new tyres. Emilian says he's going to use the Korean trick and immediately gets out of the car before Daniel can stop him. Emilian goes and gets into the boot of the Mercedes. 
And Daniel says, what an idiot. Where does he think the tyres go? What? In the boot? What? If you're collecting tyres. I suppose. So the Germans open the boot to find Emilia. And he says, oh, I'm trying to sleep. I have no home. I'm cold. So the Germans just like chuck him into a bin and drive off. (laughs) 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 So anyway, so Daniel goes home to Lily and gets into bed to finally get that time to enjoy themselves together. But just as they start, the alarm goes off because now Lily has to go to work. Oh, no. But she agrees to have dinner with him later so he can explain why he was back so late. And they agree that it should be a quick dinner, but a long night. Uh, (laughs) Lily says it's his last chance. (gasps) Oh, no. So next day, Daniel and Emilian go back to the garage to question Kruger. Emilian walks in and just immediately waves his police badge around asking for Kruger who immediately comes out and pulls out an Uzi or something and just starts shooting. Daniel drags Emilian behind cover. All the other mechanics pull out automatic weapons from somewhere and just start shooting at them. Yeah. Emilian pulls out his pistols and starts just shooting blindly into the air whilst Daniel's just carrying him between points of cover. (laughs) The mechanics all drive off and Emilian's just ducked behind a car, still shooting randomly. And then he runs out of ammo and goes, Oh, I'm out of ammo! And Daniel is just stood behind him, like arms folded, and says, they left like 20 minutes ago. Like, what are you doing? Why did you announce that you're out of ammo as well? Well, yeah, true. Anyway, so back at his mum's. Oh, she's called Camille, by the way. Nice. Emiliana thanks Daniel for saving his life, says how much he wants to catch the gang, partly to impress Petra, but also because he's fed up of constantly ending up in the bin. (laughs) (laughs) And I imagine he Uh, probably ends up in a bin quite a lot. Oh, no. Oh, that's a life, isn't it? Camille then leaves with Daniel to collect a prescription and Emilien puts the kettle on the stove, like a proper old-fashioned kettle. Obviously. Uh, and sits down to watch TV. He watches like some cheesy police show where this cop impresses a blonde woman by shooting a special tracking device bullet thing at the criminal's car. And Emilien goes, brilliant! And immediately leaves, forgetting the kettle is on the stove. <sighs> so there's another police meeting with Gibert who says, the gang have said they're going to rob another bank in Marseille, so they need to catch them this time without any more misunderstandings or impulsive actions. This time, it's Operation Zen. (laughs) (laughs) He's so funny, this guy. Emilia then bundles through the door. He literally takes the whole door down off its hinges somehow, interrupts the meeting, saying that he's got a brilliant idea. Immediately cut to the stove he left on, setting fire to the kitchen. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) So the gang are robbing the bank. The police shoot the tracker at the Mercedes. Of course, the tracker's like a big metal disc with a very obvious flashing green light. Yeah, like beep, 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 yep. And it links to this ridiculously 1998-looking computer program where it's like a little cartoon red car is moving along a map. (laughs) The Mercedes drives into a garage and up like a ramp into the back of a lorry. So the police see the car has stopped and orders all roads are blocked surrounding that block. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Inside the lorry, they're spraying the red Mercedes. Grey? Ah, clever. But when they spray over the tracker, the signal immediately stops. Less clever. Which, I'm not sure how trackers work, but I'm pretty sure a layer of paint doesn't stop it transmitting. Depends what's in the paint. If it's like lead paint, maybe? Uh, sounds like science. Uh... <laughs> Any paint transmitter experts listening? <laughs> Um, I I don't know if you'd spray lead-based paints. Anyway, that seems like madness. Especially in an enclosed truck. 
maybe it's a visual signal. They were just literally just tracking the flashing tracking green. the flashing green light. <laughs> I don't know how these things work, man. Although it would have stopped as soon as they got in the van. In that case, the lorry. Yeah, or just went out of line of sight. Ah, uh, they've got a satellite following. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, Emilian tries to fix it by the classic technique of clicking the mouse randomly and shaking the monitor. How he makes anyone believe he works for IBM, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's the tech nerd in this film. He's the one that compute well pretends to computerize. He, he computerizes. <laughs> but anyway, they say it doesn't matter because we've got all the roads blocked and we aren't going to miss a red Mercedes. Oh no. Uh, so the lorry and the now grey Mercedes drive off to leave an empty garage that the police then arrive at and, you know, oh, where they're gone. The grey Mercedes arrives at a police roadblock. The policeman asks for ID, realises that there's a Mercedes with four Germans inside, so calls Gilbert over to them. Yep. Gilbert goes over, he opens the boot, opens this briefcase, which has just got some clothes in, and then just lets them go. Nice. Good job, Gilbert. Because, you know, four Germans in a Mercedes is apparently just too common. He didn't want to be racist. Despite his, I hate all Germans. <laughs> yes, but, but not all Germans rob banks. <laughs> True. Emilian says, oh, I don't get it. I must have missed something. Cut to a fireman stood in the remains of his mother's burnt down kitchen. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, poor Camille. Yeah. So Lily and Daniel finally have a whole evening to spend together. They lie down on the bed and the doorbell goes. I was going to say, that has, this is a running theme. Daniel says... Are you expecting company? <laughs> and Lily says, only my lover, but I cancelled him for you. <laughs> I really like this. <laughs> this banter she's got going. They try to ignore it, but the bell keeps going. And then someone shouts, open up, police. But in French. <laughs> <laughs> open up, police. But in French. Take it as read that all my impressions are in French, unless I'm doing the impression in French. What? So when you're doing the impression in French, it's not in French. No, no, no. If I'm doing the impression in French, then it was in French. But if I'm doing the impression not in French, then it was in French. Yep. I don't think there are many more impressions anyway. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> so Daniel opens the door and Emilia and Camille are there. They just barge in whilst Emilian kind of moans about the apartment burning down, how he's got till the end of the week to catch the gang or he's being demoted to traffic duty. Lily comes down to see what's going on and immediately calls Emiliana Muppet. <laughs> Which, I mean, she's not wrong. <laughs> no, she's got his number. So Daniel explains to her, he does that classic thing of, let's take three paces over here to have a private conversation. Because apparently that means no one else can hear you. Yeah, have you never tried that in real life? Film logic. So Daniel explains that he got caught speeding and he's helping this policeman in return for being let off. But then Emilian says, oh, here's your license back. You're free to do what you want. You know, I didn't come back here because of our deal. I came here because I have no other friends. And my mum said, Daniel's kind-hearted. He'll help us out. This man Aww. is the most tragic policeman I've yeah. ever seen in film. Not that I've seen tragic policemen in film, but you you understand. Mm. He's just so... He's kind of likeable, but such a muppet. <laughs> yeah. So Daniel convinces... He's guilt-tripped into it. Daniel convinces Lily to look after Camille for two hours whilst he takes Emilian to basically sort his life out. Ambitious. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he's really good at keeping to time frames recently. So Emilian has this theory that the announcing of the heist beforehand, the bright red Mercedes, it's all a diversion. And they want us all to follow the car when actually they, they leave the bank empty-handed and get the money out some other way later on. Mm. Cut to a cleaner in the bank going into a cupboard and retrieving the money from some hidden ceiling tile or something. And then he goes to this 
deserted garage. Mm. Gives the money to the Germans in return for 10 grand and his wife back that they've taken hostage. Oh, that's, mm, that's not on. It makes sense, though, because he will have permissions to get... Oh, no, I, I, I get it, but they just took his wife. And they, they say to him, do you want your wife back then? And he says, well, I suppose I'm used to her by now. <laughs> oh, i suppose such... that is a genre of joke isn't it yeah, yeah in this kind of film yeah. yeah and the head of the gang says right we'll do one more big job and then we'll retire so daniel's looking through photos and he sees he notices that the mercedes has been resprayed so he tells amelia that's how they get away they didn't change cars they changed color and they'd have to do the spraying inside a truck so as not to leave paint everywhere oh and that he knows the only person in Marseille that sells the special paint that dries in 10 minutes. So he rings up this person to find out who bought the paint from them. And it turns out it was the racetrack. Okay, sure. So they go to the racetrack and they find just left like in the car park, an abandoned truck with all the paint sprayed inside. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and there are two gray Mercedes racing around the track. So Emilian says, Oh, what should we do now? And Daniel changes his steering wheel and says, <laughs> we should go and say hello. <laughs> so, Cue action music. <laughs> the bass kicks in. Ding, 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 ding. The covert Emilien, to stop the Germans recognising him from in their boot earlier, he puts a hat on and a plaster on his nose. I was going to go for hat and moustache, but I'll take hat and plaster. I mean, it's not far off. So Daniel taunts the Germans into racing around the track and obviously beats them, winning 500 francs. So Emilien doesn't understand what the point of that race was. Daniel says, well, they're angry now, and drivers are gamblers, so we can use that to get them right where we want them. I'll need 20 traffic light keys and 20 radios. Emilien says, radio's no problem, but the traffic cops always have the traffic light keys on them, apart from when they're in the shower. So Emilien has to go into the showers in his towel to steal a key from the traffic cop's locker. Right. And he brings it back to his office where Daniel's waiting with a friend of his who has like some mobile key cutting device. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Petra walks into the office to find Emilienne just standing there in a towel. <laughs> she understandably looks a bit confused, apologizes for interrupting and leaves. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> and Emilienne is really sad that, you know, she's finally coming to talk to him, but it never works out and she's too good for him anyway. Blah, blah, blah. We don't know anything about her. What do you mean too good for you? She's been in two scenes. <laughs> I th we vaguely gather that she's kind of second in command of this unit so maybe rank wise maybe just because she's attractive I, yeah i suspect it's just because she's leggy blonde right yeah but daniel says that he should just go and kiss her to find out you know it's 50 50 it's either a slap or 10 years happily together emilianne says yeah you're right and in his towel he breaks down her door off the hinges again <laughs> yeah yeah pulls her close to him then pushes her down onto the desk by her breast and then goes to kiss her. Well, that's a sudden burst of confidence I didn't expect yeah. from this man. Cut back to Daniel and the key cutter guy in the office, and we hear a loud slap. <laughs> <laughs> and then Emilian kind of sheepishly comes back in the office, still in his towel. Well, how can you be sheepish about that? Just... What? <laughs> what? I mean, he shot his shot. Yeah, he had a go. But anyway, the key cutting is done. So Daniel and Emilian head back home. They say they're 17 hours late. And they're expecting two very angry women inside. But instead, Camille and Lily are both high smoking weed and they've baked like three massive cakes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lily says, well, since neither of us make love anymore, we made cakes instead. <laughs> <laughs> Such a put down. <laughs> and uh, 
she takes the flowers that Daniel's brought and says, I'm going to go now. Enjoy looking after your guests. Maybe I'll see you in a few years' time. Oh, and Camille has a bad back, so I've put her in your bed. Good night. <laughs> Walks off. <laughs> I'm right, yeah, fair. <laughs> so Amelia and Daniel are on the sofa in the armchair smoking weed. Daniel says that despite his dreams, he can't become a racing driver because his dad's in a wheelchair because of a car crash. Emilienne says that he only joined the police because his dad died when he was 17 and he needed a job to pay the bills. And then, obviously, they realise that they grew up in the same neighbourhood. Obviously. Yeah. And they had the same dad. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, one's black and one's white. so it's. And they had the same (laughs) dad. Yeah, no, no, sorry. So the next day, Emilia and Daniel are in the office and they're interrupted by an Alors, General! He's here. Jibby. That was an impression in French. <laughs> <laughs> ah, of course. <laughs> I did not realise. So the gang have announced their target and Gibert is going through his Operation Cougar oh. with the police. Oh. While Daniel is also explaining his plan to a load of Pizza Joe drivers. So we cut between the police picking up their weapons from the armory whilst the Pizza Joes collect their radio and traffic light key. And the police get in their cars and drive off and the Pizza Joes get on their scooters and drive off. Just before Daniel leaves in his taxi, Lily comes over and says, I know, you'll be back in an hour, right? I'll be waiting at your place. Nice. I respect it. She appreciates him for who he is. Yeah. She's got attitude, but she's cute. So the gang arrives at the bank. They rob the bank and they just throw some of the cash up in the air and laugh manically because apparently that's what all bank robbers do, right? Yeah, it's the last job. <laughs> yeah. Just just chuck the money around. Fine. The police are ready to pounce, but when the gang comes out, Gibert says, oh no, they've got hostages. We can't attack them yet. Every time we've seen them come out of a bank, they've had a hostage and he's seen that happen. So why this surprises him and changes the plan? Don't know. Anyway, the Mercedes speeds off and the cops end up driving into a petrol tanker or something. Sorry, <laughs> the cops end up driving into a petrol tanker or something. I mean, it's, it's one of those liquid transporting trucks. Right. You know, like Does it, it blow be... up? No. No. There's not just... a budget for explosions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is only taxi one after all. Yeah. They, they basically go to pursue, but then, you know, don't mirror signal maneuver and just go straight into it. <laughs> yeah, that was the issue all along. So the Mercedes arrive where the truck is parked and they drive inside to get resprayed. For some reason, both Mercedes are being used for this last job, whereas in the past it's always just been one. But fine. You've got to put all your budget in in the climax. Yeah. And Emilia and Daniel are parked up nearby. And Daniel says, you see, you don't follow the Mercedes, you follow the truck. Oh. He's, I mean, he's such a better policeman. Uh, Daniel is the best cop we've seen all yeah. day. <laughs> so the two grey Mercedes emerge from the truck and Daniel drives after them. They stop at a traffic lights and Daniel pulls up in between the two of them, knocking off their wing mirrors. <laughs> and he taunts them again about how their cars are so slow. And, you know, oh, I think I left the handbrake on last time we had a race. And then the lights go green and he speeds off. So the Mercedes follow and the... <laughs> the passengers lean out the windows and with automatic rifles and like yeah, shoot at the taxi. So there's this big car chase as all three vehicles are speeding through the streets, going through the traffic, all while Emilia is on the radio coordinating all the Pizza Joe riders to change the lights to green or red at specific times. Mm. But our old friend Paolo has a problem. Oh no. There are two cops stood right by the lights he needs to change. <laughs> so Emilia... have they not been told about the plan oh no this is their own secret plan. oh i see i see of course so <laughs> emilian says put the policeman on so <laughs> paolo who's this guy in like cargo shorts a gold chain a vest and an open jacket yeah yeah 
taps the policeman on the shoulder and says, uh, excuse me, there's a call for you and just passes in this radio. <laughs> and Emilian on the radio says there's a bomb hidden in the traffic light, but to defuse it, you need to put the traffic light key in it and turn it to red. <laughs> so they do. Yeah, nice. Good work. Amidst a lot of like the policeman stresses out and sweats a lot. And they're like, just do it. Just do it. And Paolo just like does it for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they keep chasing each other. They end up on like the raised up freeway above the streets below. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The Germans say, oh, we'll get him now. No problem. Our Mercedes have a lot more power than his little Peugeot. And I'd really not clocked the whole national car makes until just this moment. Daniel drives through a road closed barrier. And Emilian says, oh, maybe that barrier meant something. And Daniel went, oh, it's just that the road isn't finished yet. Don't matter. Okay. I mean, mm, that, that, means, that means something. Yeah. So you can see that they're approaching the end of the road. And we're like 40 feet up in the air or whatever. You seem like you didn't work that out. You guess. Well, no, I'm guessing it's one of those proper up high I'm, highways that I'm we don't really have. I'm that you didn't use the... a frame of reference to work out the exact height of the highway. <sighs> whatever. <laughs> what do i pay you it's for the height of a highway <laughs> <laughs> it's high it's way high yeah so they're approaching the end of what has been built of this road and the head german guy is just going crush them crush them daniel breaks abruptly and the germans celebrate because they've won and then they immediately fly off the edge of the bridge they manage to land on the next sort of segment of the bridge mm. and they kind of celebrate but then they realize it's just one sort of 20 meter segment of bridge it's mm. not connected on either side to anything, so they're just stranded. So they get out of their cars, swear a lot, and like kick the cars and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how you let the car yeah. know who's boss. Whilst Emilia and Daniel are on the actual connected bit Higher of the bridge, yeah, just yeah, yeah. taunting them and shouting at them. So finally, Daniel and Lily get to enjoy some alone time together. Daniel apologises it's not in the most romantic of places. They emerge, and it turns out they were in some cupboard in City Hall or something. Emilian says he's been look- looking for them everywhere and asks what they were doing in the cupboard. And Lily says, we were developing photos. Okay, yeah. Sure, <laughs> and Emilian sure. says, photos? Why are you doing that now? The commissioner's waiting. <laughs> <laughs> so naive. It's so adorable. Oh, Muppet. And also, Daniel emerges like still buttoning back up his shirt as well. It's like, how obvious could you be? So anyway, they both get like some medal of some sort by the chief commissioner or something. Petra comes over and says that she owes Emilia an apology, both for not believing his theory and for slapping him. I'm not sure she owes him an apology for the slap. Based on the events as described. Maybe now she realises that because he's not a complete idiot, she's actually into him. Sure. I'm not going to go any further with this. And the chief commissioner takes Daniel aside and says that in order to keep his licence, he's going to have to do something to help out the police force. Four more times. (laughs) (laughs) well no what we do is we cut to the start line of the grand prix and daniel is sat in a car looking pissed off emilian's there with lily and says what's wrong you're in pole position at the grand prix with your best friends what more could you want daniel goes a different sponsor and it pans out and the car's just got a massive police badge on it i thought it was gonna be mercedes (laughs) (laughs) so emilian says oh you're never happy are you just do me one favor and win the race forget about what's on the car Daniel thinks for a second and goes, okay, but get the champagne out of the fridge now. It's no good when it's cold. Green light for the race. Fade to black. End of film. Taxi. Taxi. Credits roll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, spoiler for the future, Emilia and Petra get together in future films. Okay. And Emilia and Petra and Daniel and Lily 
both have sons who are the same age. And it's is abs- that the plot of Taxi Five? It's not them, but it's their children. No, the the sons are basically the same as their dad. Yeah. So Daniel's son is like really cool and street smart and whatever, and Emilian's son is a muppet. Is a muppet and just an idiot and clumsy and falling over and stuff. I think they play like football or something. And Daniel's son's really good. And yeah, Emilian's yeah. son just like falls over <laughs> the ball or whatever. Anyway, that's an aside. I would have actually quite liked it to have been the other way around for their children. Daniel's mm. son is just an absolute muppet. Emilian's son is like, cool boy. Everything Emilian isn't. How are you, my dad? <laughs> How are you, my son? <laughs> yeah. To me, I don't know what your opinion is, but something that maybe my description didn't quite do justice to is just how brilliant the two of them are together. And the fact that four films came off the back of basically their chemistry Mm. as this partnership. Mm. It's probably my favourite, what I would call buddy cop films. I mean, I I believe it. I believe (laughs) that Taxi's really good. And it's, the driving's, you know, it's not like Fast and... The driving's fine. (laughs) It's not like Fast and Furious kind of ridiculously over the top. I'll take your word for that cars driving out of skyscrapers and whatever it's not mental it's realistic but it's quite cool mm. it seems to fit the moniker of action comedy well yeah fun film as you've described lots of just silly things happening it's never tense but it is quite exciting and it's enjoyable for the most part one thing i do appreciate from your description of it is that the comedy is just kind of silly mm. It's not based on any particular pop culture thing. Yeah. The jokes are just, haha, this is stupid. Haha, this is stupid. And some things have kind of maybe not stood the test of time. The whole Petra thing is a little bit weird for me. Mm. But you sort of, I, I get the idea. Yeah, I think it's, that little scene is a bit out of sorts. But I get that they've pushed it a bit far to make it more ridiculous and funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. They've just gone, just go and kiss her. And he's gone like, well, I'm going to bloody well go and yell. And he's trying to be that person. Yeah. But I, he's misunderstood what that person is. I think you're right as well. The fact that his character is not like that in the slightest. But yeah, like, other, other than that, it's just silly little things. And Operation Cobra. Which, you know, I'll take that every day. I yeah. quite enjoy comedy of that nature. So from that, does a non-Asian martial arts film work? Are you asking me or the greater audience? Well, I'm asking you and then probably the greater audience afterwards. Does it fit the format? Have you been equally as entertained and excited by this as you were by the first two? Yeah. I I, I expressed my disappointment already that you didn't work out how tall the highway was. However, you did count the number of pizza dudes, which is... 10 out of 10. Timed the opening driving montage. Timed the opening. Did not tell me how long it was between the start of the film and when we saw First Taxi, uh, which I think is just lax on your part, quite frankly. I'll try better next time. Thank you. (laughs) Although, to be fair, you didn't ask anything about how long it took us to see a Shogun or an Assassin or both. Or That's because they were immediately at the beginning of the film. Yeah, but I don't think you questioned chocolate being anything to do with the plot of chocolate did you i definitely asked something about chocolate and then we just discerned it was the sweet right the the m&m oh okay type yeah. of thing right yeah but you weren't oppressive about counting them or timing how long it took to see one all right i will be more consistent in my oppression in, in the future <laughs> 
the next time you bring a film <laughs> that has an evocative name, yeah, I will be disappointed if that image is not evoked quickly. All right. I'll have to just come out with that information straight up, first sentence of the podcast. You should, because I will immediately forget that I have made that promise. I'm Tanley. I'm Chris. Four minutes, 33. <laughs> All right, John. Yeah, I've just realised that <laughs> that's subconsciously the time that first popped into my head. Well, well music fans, there's a little joke for you. Mm, mm. Is it music, though? Is it just... Oh, should I say... Oh. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> it's just funny. That, just I'm, funny. I'm adding that to my uh, my list of noises. Oh yeah, let's build up the repertoire. <laughs> <laughs> repertoire of noises. <laughs> We've suddenly got. Oh no! Well, no, it's useful because it can build up our range of merch. Listener, you missed an eyebrow there. You may have <laughs> heard two it. Of eyebrows, <laughs> you may have heard it, but there was definitely an eyebrow there. <laughs> they were heavily implied, anyway. They were heavily implied. If we ever make money out of this podcast. Yeah. I will be surprised. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the intention. I mean, no, it's not. But for you, Tanley, I hope that one day we will have a Patreon. <laughs> I mean, we've generated enough bonus content that you, listener, will never hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just an outlook. Cause it's quite common for people to do live editing streams. So you can have company while you're editing the podcast. Okay. You don't sound like you like that. I just sound like not many people would enjoy that or would in, would join me for That's that. That's why you get them to pay for it beforehand. So it doesn't matter if they enjoy it or not. Oh, that's clever. But would Is they it? pay for it? People have done it before. I know it would be a thing. Listener, if you would pay money to join no. me editing this podcast. No. Exactly. No, they wouldn't. Not yet. Oh, okay. So when we're good enough, when we're better when than we currently name, are. When the name Tanley is spoken throughout every household <laughs> across the world and is, is specific to you. When people when somebody says Tanley and they go, ah, yes, I the mean, host most of secondhand cinema. <laughs> yeah. um, most people in the world, when they say the name Tanley, probably are referring to me because there's not many of us around. Is it is it even a rare name in yeah, Finland? It's, yeah, it's rare in Finland. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Let's make it a popular name. I want children named Tanley in, in the coming years. Really? Uh, no, because that would dilute my brand. <laughs> <laughs> Local <take> podcast. <laughs> Local podcast host complains that babies are diluting his brand. <laughs> These one-year-olds are ruining my search engine optimization. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there is a, there's a doctor that comes up first on Google, and I'm very angry at him. Is this the whole reason for the podcast? To just be the top oh, Tannley? jump above. Dr. Tannley, finish surname. Okay, there's Tannley Makala, who has an IMDb page. Oh, an actor. Yeah. Born 1959. An old actor. The first video, that, the second video that comes up is me. The first video is Tanali Tikka on MTV3 Good Morning Finland from the, I can't read that, the Soprano Brain Alliance. Does that say Soprano? It looks like Soprano. The Soprano Brain Alliance. Yeah. There's a mystery to be solved. Total people with name. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so as main name, in Sweden there are four. Four! In Denmark there's one. And in Finland, N-A. <laughs> what? So the one place it's likely to be a name? Yeah, N-A. There are just over 7,000 with it as a middle name in Finland. Ah, so Tanley is the name that you don't want to actually give your child, but you want to make sure stays in the family because it, you know, it reminds you of home. Yeah. Anyway, this is a tangent that won't make it in. Uh, Tanley agent. <laughs> That's pulled it back into running. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Taxi. Mm. I think it's a really fun film. It sounds like a really fun film and clearly was fun enough that they spawned four sequels. Yeah. Apparently they decrease in quality. I must admit, I'm terribly sorry. I've only seen up to Taxi 4. I don't have Taxi 5. That's really sad that you've just not seen the last one. I know. So I'll have to acquire Taxi 5. But yeah, maybe they do decrease in quality, but the first one's so good. They're still good films. Well, you said as we go on. that it was the most... One of the most successful franchises in French film history. Okay, so I mean that that that's, so it has done really well. Speaks well despite the decreasing, supposed dec- decreasing quality of them. Mm. But I mean, it must be difficult to iterate on the theme. Yeah, and 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 stuff like the children and the, the changing relationships. You know, mm. Emilienne actually getting together with Petra, and mm. you know Daniel and Lily actually solidifying their relationship into a, an actual relationship mm. rather than a. Jesus, can we just have sex without an alarm going off for once? I, mean, I think that's a reasonable ask. Yeah. But no, they do keep it fresh. At one point, he drives into a like a football stadium or a baseball stadium or something. Out of context, that's just really random. Mm. You just said at some point in one of three films, he drives mm. into a stadium. He goes like over a ramp and lands like in the middle of the pitch or something mid-game. Anyway. Sure. But yeah, I, I think it's a good film. And I think the one thing you should take away from this is whatever you do, do not watch the Jimmy Kimmel and Queen Latifah taxi. Do not watch it. If you like, I'm going to watch that version or nothing. Watch nothing. Because I've never seen a rating so low on Rotten Tomatoes. And I've watched the trailer and it looks horrendous. But Tanley is the really, really bad film more tempting than the actually pretty good film on the basis that it's utterly terrible. On in this case, no, because it looks like it's just crap. It's not enjoyably crap like The Room or other films, which are <laughs> like The Room or Nope. There are no more bad yeah. films. That's it. <laughs> no, that's that's the epitome of the. That, that is the bad film. Yeah, it's the epitome of this film is so bad it's funny. But there are other bad films which are f- amusing to watch. But I feel like this would just be like, especially when. Personally, I've seen the good one. I'd just watch the good one again. Because I'd just get pissed off. I wonder if the plot is the same. I wonder if Jimmy I mean, Kimmel... Daniel's and, a woman. Yeah, is, is Queen Latifah Daniel in mm. this? Okay, and Jimmy is... Emilienne. But with... What do you think their names are? I don't know. I reckon Queen Latifah is just called Queen Latifah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my guess it's just that's that's jimmy kimmel will be something like alan alan some kind of uncool name um, sorry alan's out there if uh, you're a cool alan please tell me so i can verify alan cumming he's cool alan cumming is it an actor yeah he was, i'm so sorry he was the baddie in spy kids 
He was the original <laughs> Nightcrawler. <laughs> oh, yeah. And... Uh, come on, come on, man. <laughs> Alan Cumming, he's cool. He was the baddie in Spy Kids. No, 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 no. That's not the epitome of his career. One of the Why best is it the first done, thing you said then? Because I was leading up to it, because one of the best things I've ever seen him do is be MC in Cabaret. That's why I recognise his name. Yeah. <laughs> and he is phenomenal. There's like a, a production that was done for TV. And he is just yes. incredible. Yes. Okay. Okay. And he does lots of like musical theatre, ca- like cabaret shows. His name has probably come up when I performed cabaret all those years ago. Mm. So He's that got a perfume out. He's got a perfume out. Is that's that a new thing? About. No, I need to know. I need to know. I need to know. Is that a new perfume? Oh, no. This is a while ago. Because I looked into it and you can't really buy it anymore. Why have you done that much research on a perfume? <laughs> I went through a phase of being really into Alan Cumming. Oh, come on! <laughs> Should we finish this podcast? Haven't we already? <laughs> I think we need to say we finished it. Okay. Um, well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast, everybody. Yeah. And it's over now. It is over. <laughs> Until next time. If you enjoyed this venture off the beaten track of this Asian martial arts films, debacle. let us know. If this is horrendous and you're only here for the kick-by-kick breakdown of fight (laughs) routines, then let us know and we might listen to you. As ever, all positive feedback goes to Chris. And all pedantic, nitpicking, annoying feedback apparently comes to me. Really? We get the feedback we deserve as people? I mean, if you want to say something nice, I'd really appreciate it. We get the feedback we deserve as people, Tannelly. (sighs) Yeah, (laughs) fine. So where can people find us if they don't know us as humans already? They can find us at Secondhand Cinema on Twitter. You can also find us at Secondhand Cinema on Instagram and at Secondhand Cinema on Facebook. And you can send us emails at secondhandcinemapod at gmail.com or message us through any of our social media platforms. You could even leave us a review on iTunes if you download this or wherever you've downloaded this. A truthful review. A truthful review, yeah. Don't just, you know get on my cheeks for no reason but that's a phrase i've never heard before i've made it up just now (laughs) (laughs) but yeah getting something you could recommend us to your friends you could share us on some of your social media channels we are woefully bad at the marketing side of this aren't we i beg your pardon have you seen all the trailer videos i've put out no that's the problem (laughs) (laughs) i recorded a a cover of the popular song by that well-known band the automatic Oh, yes. What's that coming over the hill? Is it a podcast? Is it a pod- Let's not get into this. Let's not get into this. It was purposefully neutral between podcast and podcast. I went for neutral ground. No one's complained so far. We need to add it as a sting somewhere in the middle of a podcast. In the middle of a podcast. <laughs> a podcast. <laughs> i tell you what, listeners, if you can think of a song where the word podcast or podcast can be inserted pleasingly. pleasingly. Let me know. And your dream may come true. Or your recommendation might come true. Some if examples. Also... Maybe, can you feel the podcast tonight? <laughs> <laughs> oh, once upon a podcast. I don't know. Welcome. Bienvenue. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> I mean, to find brilliant. But... <laughs> Again, we've descended into chaos. Let's get back to uh... <laughs> Swing Low Sweet Podcast. <laughs> That's a good one. That is a good one. I'm going to think of these and bring them to the next podcast. Cool.
cool. I can't think of any. So listeners, send me some so I can come back at Chris with some equally good suggestions. And together, we will make you all realise how little popular music we know. (laughs) (laughs) And you'll also inspire me to create new random musical covers. He needs the inspiration. He doesn't need the inspiration. He needs the excuse. Have you got anything else to say? Thanks for listening. I appreciate your time in your ears. Your ears are beautiful. <laughs> what? That's a new one. So anyway, I think that's about it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Second and